Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home. Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing thegrangroup at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, Dan and I discuss the latest news regarding the coronavirus, whether or not we'll see baseball before Labor Day. We break down a YouTube video posted by Trevor Bauer in regards to the five consecutive home runs given up to Max Kepler. We discuss what we're doing to try and pass the time while we wait for baseball, and we finish up with some brief Twins notes. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. I am David Kufis, and with me as always is Dan Thompson. Here we are, still awaiting the beginning of the MLB season for 2020. Everything's been placed on hold due to coronavirus. Uh, There's a lot of things up in the air. We don't know when we'll see a season. We don't know if we'll see a season. I, for one, am getting a little nervous. Dan, what are your thoughts here as we're waiting for the 2020 season to begin? I think if our best bet so far is to do this quarantine everybody in Arizona for a season, if that's the best we've got, I don't have high hopes for there being baseball. Uh, maybe at all. And at some point you you decide, is it even worth mounting any kind of a season, right? Like, it, like at what point is it? Fourth of July. I mean, at what point do we just say no baseball this year? Yeah, I mean, you you hope it doesn't come to that, but you do wonder they should probably put a date to be like, hey, if we're not able to play anything or do anything at such and such a date, we're just going to turn the season over. Say we're going to push it off until next year, because then at least you can put contingency plans in place and you can start planning for next year. And then the real question: Do you just push the exact schedule from 2020 and play it in 2021, or do you actually come up with a new schedule for 2021 as if it is a new season? Well, as far as the schedule goes, you almost have to redraw it because all of the different um, the barriers that they would have to build around or the, you know, when when the baseball stadium is in use because of a concert or something like that is going to be different because of all the postponements of things that we will have from 2020. So I think you have to start over. I think you might have the same orientation or the, the same matchups. You might do the, you know, the twins could play the NL West again next year so that they don't miss that rotation. But I, I just don't think that they can push the schedule and say, try it again next year. Because the way they orient the schedule around the different events, don't you think it's possible that those other events were postponed also? Why don't we just uh, postpone those and postpone the season in the same way? Yes and no. I guess, I, I mean, do you mean in the sense that they would still transcribe them over to weekends? You know, they'd move everything a day on the calendar. Yeah, that's but my you're thinking the same order. Yeah. Maybe, but, but then you're also going to run into events that have been planned for the 2021 calendar in those different arenas and things like that that would have changed potentially or might be the same. And then I, I just think you almost have to, you might use it as a template. You might use it as a, as a wish to do something like this. But I think invariably your variables are different. I, I don't know if there's any stadiums opening next year that would be new. I, I understand what you're saying. And I think that they should use it as a rubric at the very least. And again, this is all worst case scenario. None of us are hoping for this, obviously. We want to see baseball played this season. Frankly, I'm okay with an extremely shortened season as long as we get some baseball. And I think part of it's just to to kind of signal an end to the craziness that is coronavirus. And I know that it's probably going to be with us for a lot longer, but just to, to give us some semblance of normacy. I mean, that would be really nice. It seems unlikely, um, but I, I find it very difficult to justify large gatherings, in the Twins case, 
30,000 fans, perhaps, all gathering in one place. And then obviously the way that, that, that baseball fans kind of come from across the state and maybe even across the region. And you might have people coming from Chicago to come to the White Sox series. I find it difficult to see how it's going to happen with fans in the, the direction that things are going. But it's hard to know. It's hard to really know what this will all look like in two or three months. And I think that's what baseball is dealing with. And that's got to be what's so hard for them to plan any kind of contingency because you have to be able to plan a couple months out and yet we don't really know what this is going to look like in June. Well, so I guess that's that's what it comes down to, right? What do you want to see? And this idea of playing baseball in Arizona with no fans in isolation for the 30 MLB teams. Do you like that idea? Do you hate that idea? Where are you on that on those thoughts? I I don't totally dislike it. I think it would just be very difficult logistically or rather just in reality. It seems very unlikely that you can keep that many people healthy for one. Uh, but two, even if somebody gets it, what do you do? Let, you know, if Max Kepler gets the coronavirus, well, potentially he could have given it to all of his teammates even that same day. Um, it just, I don't know. It, it's, it's so many moving, literally moving pieces in human beings. It just seems difficult to make that happen, but I'm not totally opposed to it as long as you can keep people healthy and not just the baseball players, obviously, but all the people in Phoenix who would be having all of these people there. But do you think it could work? I think it could, and partially because I think no matter when they begin the MLB season, if they play at all this year, there's going to be the fear of that happening. And if it's starting to become more and more clear that this is really just going to be a part of our new reality, then the best you're going to get to play baseball before there's a vaccine is most likely in front of no fans and in some sort of isolated area where, yeah, there's a good chance that if one person gets it, the whole team gets it. But I I guess I just, I struggle with the idea that if this is really long-term, I like that the MLB is trying to be flexible in order to get some games played. And I think the idea of playing baseball in Arizona, even if it's with no fans, I think the pros outweigh the cons in a lot of ways. I think the financial ones certainly do. I, I would hope that it's a situation where if somebody gets sick, they could even say, or rather they would be open to, we're just not going to play for a week. Or I, it, And that's what's so hard about it. I guess if you have everybody in one spot, you can maybe make some adjustments on the fly. Um, and obviously there's no precedent for it. So there's really nothing that they can lean on to say, well, we already did, we tried this. 50 years ago we haven't tried this ever um as a society really so i i almost think if you can if there's a way for baseball to try it and then if it really goes poorly at any point they can just say you know what we're just going to be done we tried this is the best shot we've got and we just can't make it happen I, i i guess if there's some kind of a strategy like that then i could i could see it happening if it's a we're just going to make this work and we're going to charge through and get as many games in as we can. I think that the baseball comes off as a bit tone deaf, but I think people want sports. I think, and I think there's, in some sense, that's okay. I think it's okay to try to have sports, even though it's very difficult right now. You seem like you're waffling a little bit, honestly. You're, you're fence-sitting a little bit. But so if MLB came out and they said, no, we're going to do games, and we're going to do games in Arizona, isolating all 30 teams, sounds like you're maybe against that? I'm not against trying it. I... I'm just reluctant. I'm not even reluctant. I am skeptical that it would actually work, that you could actually keep that many people healthy for four or five months in Arizona. And granted, I think Arizona is a good spot to do it if hopefully warm weather helps. Um, but then at the same time, you've got, well, I don't know about the demographics of Arizona. When I see Arizona in my mind, I think old people. And so that gets me a little worried about that. But I don't know. 
I am not totally against it. I think it's unrealistic. But what else are they going to do? What else? It, it, it smacks of the desperation that that's the plan right now. Yeah, fair point. I mean, obviously, this isn't what they would prefer to be doing. But again, I like that they're kind of thinking outside of the box and trying to figure out a way to get these games played. Because, damn, there's only so many Twins replay games I can watch. Totally. There's only so much simulated baseball you can see. I, I get it. And I, and I think that some of the attention that it's getting is unduly negative. I don't think people at baseball are are greedily digging into their pockets and saying, oh, well, we just have to play baseball just at all, just if, if at all possible. I don't think it's that. I think it's a genuine attempt to say, well, what could work? You know, could this work? And if it, it could work, well, maybe we can try. But if it falls apart, okay, well, then we tried. Well, and I don't think it's necessarily a money thing, right? I mean, how much money are they possibly going to make? Because any of the money that they were going to make is going to be on TV contracts anyway at this point. And if you're only talking about lost gate fees, yeah, that's money, but every team is losing that same amount of money. And just to have baseball on TV, I think that your viewership would be so high just because there's so many people stuck in their homes. It might even win some new fans over, honestly. I think it could. I, I, You know, we'll see. We'll see if it, and if the players union signs on, I think that's obviously the big thing. Uh, The players have to agree to it. But I think they would they would step away from their families for four and a half months of it meant they could play some baseball. It would be interesting to see. I know I would have a hard time doing that. I don't know. Do you think Jenny wouldn't want to see you for a little while? I don't know, David. Yeah, she might be okay with it, actually, now that you say that. But <laughs> but you do think about the players who have young families and to be literally separated from them for four to five months seems a bit extreme if, if you're not doing so for serving your country overseas or, you know, for other other extreme circumstances. And it does seem a little bit like we're asking a lot of these players if they truly have to be isolated from their families for four to five months. You mean being deployed to Arizona to play baseball isn't quite the same. <laughs> it's, it's, it, a, it's not the same kind of thing. To be fair, many of them were drafted. <laughs> but not all. But not, not all were drafted. Not all. That would be, uh, Some of them are uh, Randy Dobnik, you know. <laughs> Um, good thing he's not driving an Uber cab anymore. Yeah, I, my goodness. You know, I, I do think that, you know, we'll see. I, I think we'll know within a week if it's really going to happen. Um, and, you know, I've, I've heard some things. I've read some things about how they would love to see maybe families can can come to Arizona and kind of live in the bubble, too. Yeah. Um, I think it would be awesome if they really actually built a bubble around the whole metro area. And, um, you know, like Truman Show style. I think yes, we had one of those, but then we tore it down and built U.S. Bank Stadium. Right. Well, that's true. You know, domes were really underrated, weren't they? Um, no, no, Dan. no. I, I don't think they were. <laughs> they were not. Domes were awful. They were not. And they were so inexpensive, right? I, just I have get no a guy, idea. Everybody stands outside with, you know, and just kind of blows really hard, right? And that's how they. That's how we blew it up. Oh, that how it yeah. Well, that's how it fell down. At least you know, I still have a piece yeah. of the dome and the turf from the Metrodome <laughs> on my wall. Do you really? I do, yeah, from the 80, oh, 87, and 91 World Series. So It's pretty thin, isn't it? Yeah, the material, it's surprising that it didn't break earlier, to be honest with you. Right. Well, should we move on? I suppose. While we're, while we're talking about this, though, just for those of you who may be desperate for baseball, there are a couple of sites out there that are doing simulated seasons that are Twins-specific. So Nick Nelson and Cooper Carlson over at Twins Daily, they're running a simulated season, and then um, which it's really good. They're running it through MLB The Show, I believe, and it's really, it's almost sad how invested you can get in waiting for these simulated seasons in a video game to read what happened. 
when there's no baseball on TV. Also, uh, Aaron Gleeman is doing um, a simulated season as well where he's actually acting as the manager. And so he is making in-game decisions. That's some really interesting reading. And then Dan Hayes actually does a does a recap and critiques the decisions made by manager Gleeman, which is pretty uh, pretty interesting to read. So if you're, if you're hard up for baseball like all of us are, I would suggest going over to those sites, Twins Daily and The Athletic to read the simulated seasons. Um, it's, it's, it's good reading and it does, um, I, you know, I would love to tell you that it satisfied as a craving, but really it just, it just makes it worse. You just want baseball all the more. Um, you want to read about games that actually happened, not games that happened in this fictitious world. It, it really does make me wish I still played baseball video games or had time to do it as a kid. Cause at least you could do that. And then you could justify at the time. Well, I can't justify the time. I have, I don't know about you, but I have told my wife, or I've really asked, like, has she noticed that I haven't been watching as many sports lately? Have you asked your wife that? Oh, sorry, that was a weird phrasing. I got a little lost in what was being said. Um, no, I, I haven't asked my wife that. But one thing that I have noticed is I think I'm less productive when there's not sports on TV. Because typically, you're working hard to get your things done so you can watch sports. And now that there's no sports to watch, you have all this time that you used to spend watching sports that you're like, oh, I can get to that later. I got nothing coming up later. Sure. That's a good argument, actually. Yes. Um, you should try that one with, with your wife. You know, what I, she says. It doesn't go well, Dan. It does, no, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It's like, I can get to I that later because the twins aren't. You not. can find other ways to fill the void, right? There's got to be other things to do. Watch movies. Well, it, would, it will right? be embarrassing for those of us who have the, the privilege to not be spending extra time working or being forced to work another job currently that if we if we don't leave this quarantine state with a new skill or a new language what have you been doing because honestly dan right now i think i'm gonna walk out of the house after this quarantine over fatter i think that's the only thing that i've come away with with this quarantine (laughs) you you won't have improved your life in a in a noticeable way no i suppose my daughter might know who i am now but other than that that's about it that's about it you know, and I was thinking, David, we were supposed to go to a Twins game today. I'm looking at my at my calendar. <sighs> twins, Indians. How was the weather today? Was it baseball worthy? Uh, it was beautiful. It was 58 and <sighs> sunny. So, isn't it? I feel hasn't it been like the nicest early April weather in Minnesota in in recent memory? It's honestly, it's hard to you kind of have to block that out because if you think about it, it is super disappointing when it's like it was a high of 38 couple openers ago and last season wasn't terrible at the opener but, it, but that it, mariners opener a couple years ago it was cold it yeah. was cold yeah i i just <sighs> i i think that it's a it's a it's a sad time i mean it's great to see beautiful weather and people back outside but to have that weather and to not have baseball just doesn't feel right i agree well i'm sorry well <sighs> It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I'm I'm pressing on. You're pressing on. All baseball fans everywhere are pressing on. You know, it's it's interesting because if this was country specific, like let's say it was just in the U.S. that something like this was happening where there's a lockdown, you you know guys would be following other sports in other countries that they're still being played just to watch something. But you can't even right. do that. Everywhere is shut down. No. Japanese baseball would never have been more popular in America. Oh, 100% accurate. Yeah, or We'd even... be sending our reporters over to Japan to cover Japan, Japanese baseball. Yeah, and they'd be like, please stay home with your virus. Right. No, <laughs> yeah. Not, not happening there either. Um, real quick, I'm going to make a plug. There's a series on Netflix called Sunderland Till I Die, which follows an English soccer team. And I, I don't like soccer. I don't like soccer at all. No, you, you've actively spoken against soccer. Yeah, I really I don't like it as a general rule for a few different reasons. One, I think... The, the time that the clock goes up, what's the deal? No, no, that's oh, not yeah, how. You don't like that. No, that's the. Yeah. I don't even mind them adding the stoppage time, 
Just add it after the clock hits zero. Why are you counting up? It's the stupidest thing. Back to this. Can you say uh, the name of it again? Yes, uh, Sunderland wanna... till I die. Sunderland but, till I die. But here's the thing: uh, just watch it on Netflix. Don't don't Google the team or anything, because what it does is it follows the teams. Well, this specific team, Sunderland, um, through its seasons, and so you can watch the seasons, you know, go through unfold. Unfold. Sure. And what I like about it, it's only showing you the highlights in the game, so you don't have to watch, you know, an entire soccer game because that. Oh, that's just terrible. Um, so, so it's not about the game per se. It's about everybody else. It's not, but it is. You're still kind of cheering for the team, and it's something to watch that I don't know the outcome of, which is mm-hmm. which is super fun. One one quick note about this show that's super interesting to think about. So the way that soccer works in England is they have relegation, which means mm-hmm. that if you're on the low side of the league to finish out the season, you actually get demoted to the league below the league you're currently in. I which, think most people know that, David. Well, I'm 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 putting it out there for the people who don't know okay. that that's a thing that happened. I don't know that I would say that most you people just, know that. I think they do. I think you just don't like soccer. I think that's a pretty well known thing. I've had that conversation before with people. No, I I disagree. We'll we'll put it out there to our Twitter followers, all eight of them, if you guys want to vote on that. Whether you knew that soccer relegation was a thing, I couldn't have told you that before I watched this thing. How awesome would that be? That could be used in other sports here. Okay, that's what I—that's that. why I bring this up. Actually, right. is how crazy would that be if that was implemented in the MLB? Obviously, it would never work logistically. It'd be a nightmare. There'd be all sorts of problems with players leaving constantly. But what if the worst team in the league gets demoted to AAA? See, I think you could make it work with hockey and with basketball more readily. Maybe that doesn't make any more sense. I just think the Timberwolves would be, you know, where would they be playing now? I feel like they would be, it'd be pretty low. I don't know. Probably overseas somewhere, honestly. They (laughs) It's not so good. They'd be the Serbian, yeah. They would be in, in the Serbian league now at this point. Yeah. Okay, we've gotten Sorry, far Serbia. off topic. We but have. I just, we've gotten I, far off topic. I wanted to prompt, you know, give some people some ideas of something to watch. And for those of you who didn't know what soccer relegation is, which apparently everybody knows, which I, I still heavily disagree I th- with. I think sports fans know that. Yeah. I just think so. I no, think it's okay, a common well, first thing of all, now. Okay, but in the U.S., you're telling me that the average U.S. sports fan knows about soccer relegation? I think so. Yes. I don't think so. Put I think, it up there. We'll I think see. The, I think the casual fan doesn't. doesn't can, I, know that. can I parlay that with my Eddie Rosario bets from oh. earlier this year? <laughs> well, Dan, I got to be honest. I'm going to win both of those bets handily. <laughs> Very well. Well, then then you'll just you'll see me show. I don't know. I'll pay my own way, I guess, back for a baseball game. But it won't happen this year anyway. Oh, it's so oh, sad. Well. I mean, even if you would so, have been able to come home without baseball, we could have played some games at least. But That's true. Well, yeah. so did you watch the Trevor Bauer breakdown of Max Kepler's home runs last year? Yeah, you know, I didn't get to watch the full breakdown, but I did read the article posted uh, on the Twins website. But, it, yeah, super interesting stuff. So I'll talk about it. Since yeah, you didn't do. watch it. And I sat there and watched all 34 minutes of it. I was skeptical at first of watching an Indians baseball player for that long, but I did. He's not an Indian uh, anymore, so it's okay. Well, and, and that's kind of what made it okay. So he breaks down the five consecutive at-bats in which Max Kepler hit a home run off of him. And he actually starts earlier in the season, I believe, in an opening series in Minnesota when it was really cold. And he breaks that down and how some of those pitches then led to or certainly were related to some of the home runs he gave up and what i loved was it was just inside baseball at its best and it was so humble and it was so delivered without ego by trevor bauer it just made me a big trevor bauer fan 
it was so interesting. And to be able to see how pitch sequencing matters and how much they rely on tendencies of players, even from the previous year, when they're making these. And then just all the research that Trevor Bauer clearly does about every player before he goes into a game. I just, it gave me a lot more respect for, and I feel like I understood this, but it gave me more respect and detail for what pitchers are doing the other four days to get ready for that start. Yeah, absolutely. I think I agree that the inside baseball part was for sure the most interesting as far as the the article that I read. I think that if more pitchers did that, I think they would get some more love from fans from other fan bases obviously they can't they can't go through every at bat and they obviously can't do this for every hitter because obviously you're still going to see those guys and so you don't want to give away how you're going to attack them in the future but now that he's with he's with the phillies now i think but the reds i believe oh the reds thank you i always get those ones confused here cincinnati whatever philadelphia same idea Uh, same idea they both wear red whatever anything honestly anything east of the mississippi is the same right um, <laughs> those are I call those flyover states. Um, right, right. Yes. Whereas when you're Min- on your way to Europe. Yes. Yes. Just, that's that's <laughs> how that works. Minnesota, the bustling metropolis. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. The inside baseball was super interesting to read and kind of look through to see all the thought that's put in. You do wonder how often that's coming back to to haunt pitchers because I mean that's kind of the chess match that's happening in the one-on-one battles right where okay the pitcher's throwing this pitch because this is what he's expecting me to do but if I can counter like Kepler did five times in a row it's just, it's so fun to watch that back and forth happen the way that it played out and how much he thought about each of those pitches and the location I think what I appreciated the most is when he said the pitch was a mistake versus a pitch that he meant to throw and Kepler just beat him right and it was great to see him admit that and it was also interesting I left with a lot more respect for Max Kepler's season last year and how many adjustments he made between 2018 and 2019 and how much better he got because again Bauer kept talking about how what they had on Kepler from the year before said you could throw in these certain spots and you'd be okay. I think it was the low and in you could you'd be okay. And that was basically where he hit every home run. And then also just the way that Kepler uses hands and the way that Bauer was able to explain how body positioning mattered. It was just it was one of the clearest explanations of the hitter pitcher duel that I had ever been able to watch because I think that's just not stuff that pitchers will normally talk about at length or if they do i'm not looking so i would i would just say it's worth it's worth a full watch if you have a chance yeah certainly i will put it on the uh on the to watch list one of the other takeaways that i came away with was you know as someone who watches a lot of baseball you you grow accustomed to shifts being put on and understanding the positioning of the infield and the outfield but when Bauer's breaking down how his pitches are impacting where the expected hits are to go, you just it gives you a new appreciation whenever you see a shift that it's not just percentage-wise where a hitter tends to hit the baseball, but it's also the location of the pitches that the pitcher is throwing. And it's incredible how well these guys can locate pitches. You know, where where his mistake is not necessarily crossing the entire plate; it's being, you know, a foot away from where he wanted to throw. I just think it's, it's incredible what these guys can do. With a baseball. Have you stood on a baseball mound, David, and tried to throw the ball to the home plate yeah, with any accuracy? A, there was a brief time in my life where I thought I was going to get the opportunity to throw out an opening pitch at a Saints game. Um, oh, and yeah. so I did I did, uh, did the old stand on the... Yeah, I, 
I would I would certainly do it if I was given the opportunity, but I would be lying if I said it was, I wasn't nervous that I wouldn't throw a strike. Yeah, I mean, it's, it looks difficult. And you see all those people come out there and they have to do it at the beginning of the Twins games because they've got like four of them, right, who, who throw out that ceremonial first pitch. It is nuts. I mean, it's getting silly. So you got your hometown hero and then you have the season ticket holder of the week and then the corporate representative. It, it does need to uh, settle down as far as the number of first pitches. I agree. It's watered down now. Yeah, it just doesn't mean the same thing. I mean, it's like being the flag raiser, too. So that was a couple of the, you can sign up for perks as a season ticket holder. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, why would I want to raise a twins flag? Who cares? I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't know that that moved me. I would love to have the, you know, the, the road trip package, right? Yes. That, yeah. that seems, I would even be able to say, just give me that once every five years. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Would that be enough? Yeah, that I think, would be okay. I mean, that, those are for sure the best perks, right? I, I think the order in my mind was always away game road trip, all-star game package, and then like a suite at Target Field or the Champions Club tickets. See, I would love that. I don't know. I feel like we should be able to build up anyway. But by the way, when I got my card, because I'm your partner in this season ticket holder packaging, it was a sad moment, right? Yes. Pulling the card, prying it off of that paper that they use that glue on that never seems to stick to the back of the card anymore. I don't know how they do it. 3M magic. So it was, it was really, it was a sad thing. And then I ceremonially moved my old one to my daughter's play, um, play billfold, whatever you call it, wallet so that she can pull those out, right? Rather than mine or my wife's. It was a sad, it was a sad moment knowing that I may not use that um, anytime soon. Uh, if I could this count, this is so sad, David. This the, is so sad. To talk the about number of times like I've sighed in this episode is uh, just—it's getting out of hand. I think. You know, we should start a podcast, David. <laughs> it's a good idea, Dan. We so would, this is a great time to start a podcast. We right? would literally have dozens and dozens of listeners. Uh, well, we have had so many baseball games to talk about, David. It is—I mean, it is quite disheartening. I know we talked about that a little bit last episode, but you know, there was so much anticipation this season, and not just for our podcast, but for the actual Twins to play baseball. That. <laughs> I think it was mostly that. I think if, that was more. You know, I guess, you know, <laughs> if they were both on a scale, you're right. It would probably <laughs> tipped more in the direction of the uh, of the twin season starting as opposed to our podcast. But honestly, that was one of the big reasons for the start of the podcast was the anticipation for this season. And we've had these conversations previously, but this season, it seemed like there was a good chance that the twins would stay relevant throughout the season and thus make the podcast that much easier to stay consistent with. And so to right. not get that opportunity is just, it is really heartbreaking and in all the size in this episode, I think are, are well-deserved size. I agree. Ah, uh, well, what are we going to do? What else did you want to talk about? We had a couple more things on the list. Yeah. So the, the big one that I want to talk about is, I mean, there are a couple of quick team updates. We could just cruise through these. We don't need to spend much time on them, but uh, both Buxton and Gonzalez are hundred percent healthy, ready for the season to begin whenever that time would be. Hill is still rehabbing. Doesn't look like there's been any setbacks there. And there also has yet to be any decision from the MLB regarding players who are still serving suspensions. So for those of you looking for any updates on Pineda, um, as we all are, obviously still nothing to be said on that front. If you have questions about how we, uh, Dan and I think that should be handled, you can listen to our previous podcast here. Last I was, week, you know, I was a little bit, if I could go back to Pineda. Absolutely. You know, I was, a, I was a little sad that they weren't going to maybe waive his suspension or at least shorten it, yeah. but that they would, it would go away at the end of the season. I thought that was kind of odd. I wish that they would prorate it in some way. That doesn't that seem more fair? Well, yeah, but I don't think, I mean, we talked about this last, I don't, I don't know that there's any been firm decisions on that. Have there been? Well, that was just the latest that I had seen. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that I, 
I wouldn't put too much stock in any decision that they come out with until they know when the start date of the season is, because I think it's all going to be so subjective and based on that date that regardless of what they're saying now, I don't think it'll matter once once baseball actually starts, then they can actually lay some firm rules that don't have to change based upon the start date. Sure. Well, that's true. That is true, too. Yeah, it's a sad time for all baseball fans, and obviously there's more serious things happening around the world than baseball being delayed, but it will be one sight to see when baseball comes back. There'll be some normalcy to it, and people will, I think, appreciate it more, and I think there's a good chance that more people are going to take in baseball than ever have previously, just because there'll be some excitement. It'll seem fresh and new just because we've been deprived of this thing that we've come to expect every year. But sooner than rather than later, we hope there, Mr. Thompson, and we'll have some baseball games to talk about. I sure hope so, David, because I don't know that we can we can talk about a virus with any credibility. I think I think baseball is maybe more in a wheelhouse, and even that, even that, I'm not so sure. I mean, but our we're, credibility, we're, we'll our credibility as a whole is probably in question. Yes, but to your point, yes, zero credibility in regards to viruses. Most people would probably say zero credibility in regards to baseball. Also, well, but it sure is fun. It's fun oh. to talk about. I, I hope to have it to come back to talk about as soon as possible. Absolutely. So, well, until next time, thanks for listening to Men for the Win. That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins!